Welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast, the photo imaging industry's leading news source. Here's your host, Gary Peugeot. The Dead Pixel Society podcast is brought to you by Media Clip, Photo Finale, and Advertech Printing. Hello again and welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. I'm your host, Gary Peugeot, and today we're joined by Kathy Nelson, the CEO and founder of the Photo Managers. Hi, Kathy. How are you today? I'm great, Gary. Good to catch up with you. For the five people who don't know, can you tell me what the photo managers are about? We are an international community of people. So we support small business owners, entrepreneurs who offer photo organizing, photo management services to the overwhelmed client in business, which just about everybody in the world at this point. So uh, we started in 2011 basically helping people with their analog photos, which were, you know, stuffed in boxes and were a mess and they needed them scanned and digitized. And today it's become a lot of really digital asset management Mm -hmm. because the average consumer today has, has about the same amount of digital assets that a small business did just three years ago. And that was really the launch of the, what we now call the shoebox scanning business, right? So, so your members or partners are people involved with helping consumers deal with their memories. Right. And so when we say members, so people pay, I mean, like an association model, Mm -hmm. we are an association, a membership community. They pay me an annual fee. And in exchange for that, we connect them with one another and also do a lot of teaching and training on how to help the consumer that's overwhelmed. So it's, um, and we really tell the, you know, a lot of the message that our members really believe firmly in is, we start with like, why do you take photos? Because when you say to a client, I'm going to help you organize your photos, it's kind of like, I say, it's like watching paint dry. Like nobody gets excited about that concept. Yeah. Uh, but if you say to people, you know, what is it? Why do you take photos? What is, you know, what is the purpose of taking photos? And most people will start to tell you, well, it's for a memory. I want to capture a, a, mm-hmm. a memory of, a, you know, my child or, you know, first day of school or when the babies are born or all those reasons that we all know. And then we talk about, well, those are, there's stories. We tell stories Mm -hmm. with our photos today. It's our visual heritage Mm -hmm. and video, increasing video. And the problem is if you are just taking, you know, thousands of photos sandwiched between selfie shots and food shots and married, you like these red shoes I'm buying today. In the middle of that is all your kids' first day of school and things you're losing touch with your visual heritage. And then people really understand why this is so important. There's a lot of technology that's being applied to that problem, like Google Photos and et cetera. But it seems to me like there still needs to be a human intervention. A lot of people, it's funny that people are really in technology will say to me, well, AI is going to solve this problem, right? And I say, I have a great visual, of course, we're on a podcast. But uh, when I talk about this, I show a picture of my husband and I adopting my son as a newborn, holding this baby. I show his 23andMe a uh, screenshot of when we found out what his genetic background was when we did a 23andMe. And then I show a picture of him standing with a young woman who looks adorable and he's adorable. They're like in their mid twenties and she's holding flowers. And I say, okay, AI will tell you that uh, this picture, especially the, oh, the current picture was taken at Bradley International Airport, the date, probably the type of flowers, it'll facial recognize Joshua and Belinda. It'll know probably the person in the background that's fuzzy right now. And the, you know, it's gonna know everything, right? And it, of course, What it doesn't know is that's the first time that Joshua ever looked in the face of somebody who looked like him because we connected with a cousin through that 23andMe experience. Okay. That's what AI can't do. That's what people, that's what we do. The context. We help tell those stories. Yeah, the context. Otherwise, 
So as much as AI can do a lot of things today, it's not going to do that. Mm -hmm. It's going to find every dog picture on my phone. It's going to find every cat picture, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's not going to tell me what, what it is about that funny looking dog that I loved. Right. So let's talk about what started as save your photos day, but has now evolved into save your photos month. Can you, um, which is now September. So it's very topical. We want to talk about that, but first, how did it, how did it get started? You know, it's interesting. It was uh, in 2014, right? When um, there was hurricane Sandy came up the East coast and then the Joplin, Missouri tornadoes happened. And then there were also floods in Calgary. And so for, we have an annual educational conference and it was in Dallas that year. And I had three different speakers on the main stage, uh, a woman from Calgary who helped uh, you actually, when photos are, are submerged in water and things, you can actually restore those. You shouldn't throw waterlogged photos away. There's a whole process. And she sure. learned that process through donating her time. Mm-hmm. And so I had her speak. I had a fellow, a guy speak from Joplin, Missouri, who was actually a pastor of a church. Mm-hmm. And they were, as a church outlet, we were having people bring back photos that were blown a hundred miles away or whatever. Right. I seem to remember that project. I mean, that got some, a lot of media play at the time. It's still, he's still doing it. They're still reuniting people with those photos from Joplin, Missouri. It's an amazing story. And then some people would remember the uh, flip pal, the scanner. I uh, sure. had the fellow who owned flip pal. He, because he donated a lot of those little mini scanners to the in hurricane Sandy. Anyway, we had him speak at the conference and afterwards we thought, gosh, like what can we do beforehand? And we got together as a group and came up with this concept. What if we could educate people about do something with their photos before the disaster? I mean, especially getting them digitized, saved, backed up. And so that's where the idea of save your photos month came a day. And we decided to make it the last Saturday in September. And we put together like an event kit and people, we had, I think over 150, 200 events all over the world where people would do uh, talks at museums, at libraries, at fire stations and stuff. And we would tell people about the importance of digitizing their photo collection. And that was in 2014. Correct. And then when did it become a month long project? Uh, A couple of years later, we realized, first of all, the last Saturday in September, believe it or not, is the day of every fall foliage apple picking, you know, (laughs) corn hop. I mean, you name it, everybody does it the last. So we were competing against a lot of things. And then people said, why does it have to just be one day? That was a really good point. Mm -hmm. So we decided let's just make it the month. And we do. And it's crazy now how these weather extremes, I mean, if we had any idea that we'd be talking about just in the past week, we've had, you know, Hurricane Ida just came through New Orleans Mm -hmm. and is, you know, they're still without power. And we had up here in New England, we had a, I think it was Hurricane Henry just had came up from came up and hit where I live. And then the fires in, you know, California, and it's not just the U S right. This is an international effort. And so you have those extreme weather conditions and things. So we decided to make it a month in 2016 and gave people, uh, and then we got a lot more people involved. A lot of the photo retailers started getting involved with us and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, anybody that touches people in photos in any way can join in this effort. What are some of the the countries involved in Save Your Photos Month? Because you said it's international. So we have members. We have members all over the world because everybody, this is a worldwide problem, right? So we have members uh, that do photo organizing in Portugal, I mean, in Brazil, in uh, Mexico, in Portugal, in um, the Netherlands, in the UK, Australia. So those folks all uh, participate in this. And this year we have, for the first time, we have little mini classes in Polish, German, Portuguese, Spanish, and Dutch. So uh, that gives you an idea just that we have an internet, you know, we have multiple languages at this point. And last year, when we switched in because of COVID, we did it online, we were able to track what the top countries were in terms of viewing these little mini classes that we do now. Mm -hmm. And they included US, Canada, Australia, UK, Brazil, Netherlands, Kenya, 
New Zealand, Malaysia, and France. Okay. Those were the top countries. So people want information and help with their photos. So prior to last year, there were in-person events and you moved it to virtual last year. And that's something you're going to continue with this year, correct? Yeah, we were surprised just like everybody how I think when you went from in-person events to virtual events that there was such a, you know, people adapted pretty quickly. So we suddenly found that we found much more success actually by taking, uh, we put a call out for speakers and we asked our members, community or anybody could be a speaker and our sponsors to put together what we called mini courses, right? Because Gary and I were laughing about the attention span of the average person today is pretty low and (laughs) mine included. (laughs) So uh, we thought, well, what if we gave people like a little mini class, like 15 minutes of a short bit of information, like, you know, how do three top ways to scan your photos or three top ways. And we had, we were shocked by the response. And so this year we're repeating that. We have over 40 mini classes throughout the month of September. And then some this year, we're adding some live events where people can join and ask questions in real time. And we've been promoting that heavily. And we have a huge list of people joining every day to sign up to go to see those classes. And it's free. What's the cost to be involved as an attendee to this? Nothing. There's It's free information. And we, we keep it live through October 31st. So we don't want to leave it live forever because we do want people to come back year after year. So it's uh, all these classes are free. And the benefit to the course producer, the person who, you know, has donated their time to create a course is they get to make an offer at the end of the, mm. of their little course, if they want to build their list or, you know, whatever it is that they want to offer, we're, we're fine with that. So it's kind of a win-win. It gives people credibility and we do a lot of promotion around their talks and then, mm-hmm. uh, but the consumer gets to watch these for free. So can you tell me a few of the presenters that you have? So for our lot this year, for the first time, we're, like I said, we're doing every Wednesday, we're doing a live Zoom call where people can join. And we have Matt Paxton. He's the uh, TV celebrity from Hoarders, but also on Legacy List, which is a PBS show. He's an expert in the downsizing world of uh, and has like, a lot of sponsorships with ARP. He's a great guy. In fact, mm-hmm. you should have him on here. Uh, if you've not met Matt, you would get along great with him. He's passionate about helping people. He goes into people's, this legacy list, he goes in people's garages and does a whole film series about all the things that we, what is our legacy, right? What are the photo, he finds boxes of photos or, you know, old army jackets or all sorts of things. And it's a very popular show on television. So he'll be one of our speakers. Rachel LaCornison, who has Save Family Photos mm-hmm. she, on Instagram. She has almost 100,000 followers. She does one photo a day that people send it and tell a story about. Yeah. And she gets a huge number of, comments on that yeah. she's speaking yeah we have somebody called miss freddie her name is casey she's like kind of our rock star in the in the she's a millennial mom who was a professional photographer doing kids photography and then switched to remote digital photo organizing and has uh it has a long waiting list of of clients and she also does a lot of training and so she'll be speaking with us and then many of you on the call may know i'm sure know joellen gray from formerly marketing director of fuji mm-hmm. she started a program called the photo gifters and they'll be on talking about ways that you can you know, fun things to do with your photos. Cause the whole idea here is not, we always tell people again, there's a purpose to organization. It's really to, to get your photos back in your life, whether it's through gallery walls, photo books, you know, online galleries, some way that you can access and enjoy those photos. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a whole series of live conversations about that throughout the month. Then just thinking in terms of who the speakers are, they're, mo- they're all members actually of our community who are expert sure. uh, photo managers and photo organizers. And they've come up with cute little titles and everything from you know how to make sense of your old family photos. She was a form museum curator. The people that join us to do this for a living come with it from a really diverse background. Sure. So we have Adobe 
you know, Adam Pratt, maybe you've met Adam. I don't know if you've done a mm-hmm. thing with Adam yet, but he's, uh, you know, works for Adobe. He has a very successful photo organizing business at this point. Right. Uh, so we have everybody from Adobe Lightroom developers all the way to museum curators that uh, just have a passion for this and want to offer it to clients and make money at it. Well, I think you've touched on one of the things that makes this so important for people is it does intersect in a lot of different areas and interest places that people have. For example, people may be interested in family history who don't really think about it, but photography is very important to that. You know, the old timey pictures that are maybe are surfaced by Ancestry.com or MyHeritage or some of those, you know, those are gold and those are photographic memories that they may not have gotten into family history to discover photographic uh, artifacts of their family, but there they are. And all of a sudden those are golden. That, that's, that's, those are wonderful things. So I think what makes the photo organizers interesting are the different ways that intersect with different sectors of the marketplace. Because you have the family history side, you have the gifting side, you have the decor side, the photo book side, all of those areas intersect. Yeah. And especially, you know, it's interesting, the family history genealogy. We also have Carolyn Gunther, who's a well-known um, in genealogy speaking, but Absolutely. When when you're suddenly, if you get into family history, which we know is huge, right? And we go to Roots Tech or the Ancestry.com or anything, photos is a big part of how you how you showcase those stories. You know, right. if you have this amazing story of family member who came over, you know, in the early 1800s or something, if you can find a photograph of those people, it brings that whole story to life. Right. And video as well. Uh, one of our members just I just spoke with the other day. He actually worked for Chevron. He was a geophysicist for 40 years. But when Hurricane Harvey came through um, Houston, he was worried about his own family photos and decided to start a sidekick business doing scanning in retirement and also home movie conversion. And he talked about how emotional it was when he dropped off a, you know, a conversion of a home movie. And the woman said that's the first time she'd heard her father's voice in 25 years. Right. Those are the things that matter. Right. That's what we intersect in all of those places. Now, this business has been around for over a decade and probably longer than that if we were be honest, but there doesn't seem to be an endpoint. It seems like there, there's more and more family history that's being encountered. I mean, I still see here ads for, you know, legacy box and all the other players on the yeah. online marketplace. And then of course, you know, there's the retail people who are photo retailers and mm-hmm. the photo organizers who are involved in the market. Then there's the, you know, the do-it-yourselfers, all the people who want to take on that task to scan their own pictures. And as someone who did that scanned, you know, over 10,000 pictures of my own, it hurt your arm to put your arm up to the <laughs> scanner every few seconds. It's, it's, it's an arduous process, but there doesn't seem to be an endpoint. I don't think so, especially now with the digital, because, you know, right. People are still uncovering I don't know statistically, you know, what the numbers are, but people still constantly are uncovering large family collections of photos and videos and things like that, that are the, you know, the analog version of it, but the digital. So we have some members who only do digital photo organized digital, basically it's digital asset management. They're not calling it that, but they're taking, I mean, the average person, I think now they're getting people with 200, 300, you know, 400,000 digital photos in multiple locations. And the first thing they have to do is get them all out of, you know, they've got them in Dropbox, Google Photos, maybe Amazon, maybe they tried Milio for a while, they tried this one, they tried that, everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and then get them all into one place and then run deduplication software through it and then get them tagged in a way so that they can find them and then put into like a, a photo gallery, whether it's Smug Mug or Forever, there's a, you know, permanent, there's a number of different companies that we interact with. I, that hasn't even begun yet. I think people are, 
there's a great line somebody said recently, you know, the funny thing is everybody needs a photo man, photo manager. They just don't know it yet. Right. If you want access to those photos that you care about, which most people will, if when it's, you know, young parents today, when their kids get married and, you know, five or, you know, say 10 years, and they want to put together that little great video that everybody loves to weep over of what, watching the child grow up mm-hmm. until they meet the love of their life. How are you mm-hmm. going to do that if you haven't figured out some form of organization of all those fo- those uh, media files? I know of a few businesses that interact with funeral homes and they take those pictures and they do the end of life uh, memorial celebration, either a book. Sometimes they're not, now they're even doing books or they're doing videos or doing something. And that's something that is incredibly impactful to families where, like you said, they may be seeing pictures that they didn't realize of, you know, the deceased as a young person, incredibly valuable to a family. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's a heart business. And, yeah. and what's amazing about it is again, it's, it's across all cultures. It's not, you know, a U.S. or Canadian right. or American English speaking mm-hmm. phenomenon. We see it, uh, you know, for instance, in Brazil, it's a big market in Brazil. They take a tremendous amount of photos and, they want to, they want, they care about those family photos and want to share those stories. It's really about the stories. I think to me, photography is a visual way of telling a story. And, and again, I throw in video because it's, I just think that's becoming a more, another common form of communication because of the access to do it on our phones. And, but really, why are you doing it? Right. You know, what's the point? And, and if you lost all that people, like that's what we noticed in those in 2014 is of course it makes for great television or news media. When you find, they always show that one family member picking the one, the frame photo sweeping the glass. Right. You know, the- Cause their pictures are incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. And that is what people will reenter their home to get. They're not going to, you know, go back in for their CD collection or their videotapes of movies they've rented. They want the videotapes oh. of their own family. Yeah. So that's really the the reason for Save Your Photos Month is just a way to kind of pull awareness to the general public. And then we've added this whole educational piece because we realized it wasn't that motivating to, you know, like, oh, you you know, when a natural disaster comes, you you might lose all your photos. Of course, today that might be a little bit more realistic because it seems to be happening in everywhere. You know, it's crazy. These like look at Tennessee. I mean, just, you know, crazy things that are happening. But at the same time, so we, we it's much more we've broadened it significantly and made it much more like a fun project in a, we have a, a Facebook group we call advice from the pros mm-hmm. where you can, you, you know, we tell people, so I have, I before I let them in, they have to agree to that. They're not going to sell anything. So it's meant to be an educational only Facebook page. And they have to say what solve problem are they hoping to solve? And I add now at this point, 30 to 40 people a day, we're up to almost 4,000 people in that little group all over the world. And it's amazing. I have this, doc- I could tell you, you know, we could pull the spreadsheet up what it is that they say. And it's always, I need help. I'm overwhelmed. I have way too many photos on my phone, or I, I have, mm-hmm. I inherited my grandparents, you know, photos from my grandparents and I just don't know what to do with them. Or, I mean, it's amazing the similarity, Right. you know, hun- thousands of people have given me the reason why they want to, you know, they want advice and most of them don't know where to start. Where can people start to find out more information about Save Your Photos Month? Yeah. Just go to saveyourphotosmonth.org. Or go to the photomanagers.com and click on our um, on, on the top bar. It'll say Save Your Photos Month. It's free. You once you, you only have to register once. You'll get an email with then all the classes will appear in your dashboard. You can watch them whenever you want at your uh, over through the end of October. And we're still, you know, if there's any sponsors interested, we do have quite a few wonderful companies that sponsored. It's a minimal cost, but it just helps us 
you know, it's, I've got three people on staff building out all these social media assets and, you know, getting all the courses uploaded and things like that. So it's really not, it's really meant to be a give back campaign to the world and and raise awareness for everybody. So tell me a little bit about those resources you were just talking about, because you've got something there every day for people. Yeah. So basically it's, there's a course that we have over four, we were trying to just do 30, but there were so many good courses. So there's a course a day people can watch. We have a challenge checklist that people can download where if people are motivated to actually do it in the 30 days, you know, set some goals and things that they want to do. It's every Wednesday at one o'clock Eastern standard mm-hmm. time, starting tomorrow, when or starting out September 1st, that we'll have our live, our live zoom calls that people can join. And, um, yeah. So we're, you know, hoping uh, they can go to the, the Facebook group and ask to join advice from the pros mm-hmm. uh, photo organizing advice from the pros. And if you're a pro listening to this, which I imagine most people are uh, that are listening to this, go ahead and join that and answer questions. We ask the pros to identify themselves like as a pro. And if you're looking for clients and things, you can't sell yourself. But I know many of our members and smart marketers have learned to show up answering questions and eventually people will private message them because Honestly, most people aren't going to do this themselves. We know that this is kind of a nice way to drive people to. It's interesting because it's a very personal process, right? Because the pictures mean a lot to yourself personally, but most people don't have the skills to actually effectively manage what they're doing, which is why they need help. Yeah. My whole, I mean, we used to, I mean, at first when I started this, never dreaming, I'd have an uh, association of thousands, you know, hundreds of members all over the world offering this service. I called myself a personal photo organizer because somebody wanted me to make a photo book for them. And I was like, you want me to make a photo book, a scrapbook? And I was like, okay, uh, let me go to your house and let me get the photos. And then it was like, wow, these photos are a mess. I can't make a photo book unless I organize them in some way. So I I called myself a a photo organizer. And then I tacked on personal because I thought these are their personal photos. You know, it's a personal. And so originally we were personal photo organizers. Mm -hmm. Then we were the association of personal photo organizers. And 18 months ago, we switched the photo managers to grow into the future because it's really a lot more about it's really a lot about about photo management on many, many levels and not just photos, but videos and things as well. And so that just felt like a more current term uh, for the future. Well, great. Well, thank you, Kathy, for your time and your expertise. And once again, where can people go for more information? So go to the photomanagers.com or go to saveyourphotos.org and you'll get access to uh, all the classes and you know lots of emails and support that will drive you and direct you to to this through this process and enjoy let us know if you watch some of these classes there again they're short 10 15 minutes so that it doesn't take a lot of your time but you'll hear from me, uh, experts on lots of different topics well great well thank you very much and uh, look forward to hearing how well it ha- how well it goes thanks Gary thanks for having me for listening to the dead pixel society podcast read more great stories and sign up for the newsletter at www.thedeadpixelssociety.com